0: When it comes to our mental health, there is a lot to learn. One of my goals for this show is to deliver as many unique perspectives as possible. And today's guest does just that. Today's guest lets you look through the lens of the mental health of people on trial or battling a challenging time legally. And he also has a unique lens to share through trauma, especially with child abuse. So stay on for a value-filled episode. It's time for another show of A Mental Health Break, and I am your host and author of the book, Mr. Lancy Talks Mental Health, Vincent A. Lancy. For each episode on this platform, I sit down with a different mental health professional or advocate from around the country and across the globe to share their story relating to mental health. I decided to create this platform as I was recovering from a traumatic brain injury. When I was 21 years old, I was the victim of a hit-and-run accident while on foot. As I began to heal, I started to prioritize my mental health, and that led me to creating this podcast. And before I introduce this week's guest, I have some exciting news to share with you all. This summer's episodes will be brought to you by Tampa Counseling and Wellness dedicated to helping individuals looking to positively transform their lives through compassionate counseling and wellness coaching. If you struggle with depression, anxiety, or other mental health issues, call today for a free consultation. Tampa Counseling and Wellness Therapy That Inspires Change, and you can find their info in today's episode description, whether you want in-person visits or virtual assistance. This week's guest recognized that he needed more than the right words to connect with and persuade a jury he needed to create an emotion. Robbie was on trial and started to deal with a lot of people's emotions and therefore their mental health. Once he started paying a real attention to their emotions, he started to really notice the implications associated with child abuse as well. And from 108 trials, that means he's dealt with 108 unique situations relating to mental health. Robbie,
1: thank you so much for joining the show. Hey, Vince. Thanks so much for having this space. I really appreciate it. I think this is a topic that needs so much more time and space to develop and, and really to help people uh, realize that mental health is actually just health.
0: Well said. Would you mind now introducing yourself to our listeners while also touching on your role again relating to mental health?
1: Sure. So as, as you kind of said, I'm, I'm a trial lawyer by, by trade. I've spent the last eight years as a trial lawyer. And I work with people who have suffered trauma and gone through really difficult circumstances. So whether I was trying murders and capital murders, where a victim, uh, you know, is dead and and the family is dealing with that trauma, I was a child abuse prosecutor, so I was dealing with children who had been abused and were dealing with trauma. I've, you know, been out on the other side and had people who were wrongfully accused of crimes and had to deal with kind of their mental health and what they were seeking, and then also civil rights violations where people have been killed or harmed by a hospital, a government or a business because of their race or their gender or their socioeconomic status. And so it's basically been a world that I've been in dealing with trauma day in and day out for the past eight years. I'm looking
0: forward to hearing your stories relating to trauma as they unravel today. As someone who had a traumatic brain injury, I had quite a bit of recovering and healing to do. So I'm sure some of your stories will resonate with me. But Overall, throughout these 108 trials, you've dealt with a lot of mental health disparities. Which ones would you say you came across the most?
1: You know, there's, there's kind of two different worlds, I'll say, that I dealt with the most when it came to mental health. So there's like the general cases I would deal with, which was a lot of kind of lower level, not that serious. It would be, you know, drug crimes, property crimes. And oftentimes it was mental health and somebody wasn't getting the proper care that they needed. So they were acting out for some reason. So like you'd see that a lot, but then I would also see these more very serious cases where trauma was like huge, huge part of it. So that's really what led me ultimately to to working a lot with the Dallas Children's Advocacy Advocacy Center and working with psychologists and mental health therapists and attending conferences with how the brain works, how we store trauma, how we remember it, what the process of disclosure is, all of these pieces and why it's so important to get help and reach out to people and realize it's not a sign of weakness. It's in fact, a sign of strength. Exactly.
0: And that's a great lesson for everyone listening on. Your, your weaknesses can be turned into strength. Sometimes we just can't do it on our own. We need to have a conversation with someone to help get us over that hump. And now we have heard a little bit about what he's done on the trial side. We're now going to put that transition he had under a microscope when we find out what was that real moment, which situation did you have to go through? To realize that it's going to be more than just trying cases. I'm going to help people with their emotions and
1: get on that side of things. It, you know, I think that it was when I first went into what's called family violence or domestic violence unit. So I started trying those around about, you know, trial number 30. And I'll never forget, I'll never forget the the first case I, I tried in there. And it was a woman who had come over here from Africa. She had been flown over by her now husband as kind of a you're going to get. Citizenship in the U.S. by coming and marrying me, and then he just started abusing her. And when she tried to leave him and try to report it to the police, she was alone. Nobody believed her. She didn't have a support system, and she was just destroyed. And I'll I'll never forget at the end of that trial when we went through it because I I built this relationship with her over six about six nine months. Got her help, got her counseling to taking the right steps. But at the end of the trial, I'll never, I'll never forget she ran up to me and just hugged me and said, Mr. Robbie, Mr. Robbie, thank you so much for believing in me. Like you don't know what difference that made. And I would hear from her occasionally every few months about her progression. And it was that first moment where I was like, these are real people going through real things. I can't just look at it as I'm trying to win a case. It's I'm trying to win a case, but I'm also trying to make sure that the person is getting what they need. And I would later on in conversations with child abuse victims and their families, tell them this. I would say my first priority is not winning the case. My first priority is making sure you are okay, that the child and your family is okay and moves forward in the best way possible. Sometimes that means we're going to have to let the case go because that's the best decision for the child and for your family. And I'm going to make that call because you're my first priority.
0: Well, I appreciate such kindness coming onto the show. Anybody in the Texas area, will find out how to get in touch with this guy at the end of the show. Whether it's just a question or you need something more, he is the right guy for you because it's more than just the case, as you just heard. But now we can answer this question based on what you've seen from your clients, as well as maybe some personal tools you can offer. How do you improve your mental health? What are two great techniques you
1: have? So I I actually think the, the first one is just being open to this idea that struggling with mental health isn't a bad thing. Like we first have to have a mindset shift of it's okay to struggle sometimes. It is okay. That, that's part of life. And if you're struggling, find support, whether that's a therapist, whether that's somebody over the phone, very important, right? Like you, you need to get help and, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that's the first realization I took and and I myself have certainly done that and I've advocated to clients to do that and people I know to do that because it makes a world of difference. So I think that's the first piece is just this mindset that it's okay. The second piece is how often are are we basically checking in with ourselves and taking some time just to reflect on where we are? And so I try to do things where I, I take some time and you can call it meditation, you can call it whatever term you want to self-reflection, mm-hmm. and just kind of sit with your thoughts and start seeing how you feel. What are the sensations? And do this occasionally just to be like, how, how am I feeling? Am I holding something in that's, that's causing me to feel anxious and feel stress. And a lot of this kind of visualization work, meditation, self-reflection, all of a sudden you start to like, let go of things, which helps your mental health because you say, oh, that thing that was really holding me back that I was, I was holding onto that was hurting me that I was worried about. I can let that go. And when I let that go, things get better. Right. You know, I think sometimes we get so caught up in the day-to-day grind of, of life that we forget to look at things are going to be okay in a week, in two weeks, in three weeks. It may feel like we're underwater right now, but in a week, we're going to be okay. We just have to realize that and take that mentality of, I've got this. I just have to be kind of at peace with myself.
0: Thank you for providing two tangible steps. These are no cost involved too. Life gets fast but we have to slow down and check ourselves. Similar to the way COVID hit this world, we were moving at all cylinders. No one really stopped. Let's remember not to forget to do that now that things are picking up once again. What are some ways you plan on raising awareness for the importance of mental health in the future, Robbie?
1: So I think one big way is obviously I'm a a speaker, right? That's what I do. I speak on these issues and and I plan on using that platform to speak on them. And and I've done that a number of times on very large clubhouse rooms and different instances where people then reach out to me and and want to share their story or want to talk to me about these issues. And so first off is just being open and saying, hey, I know this world. I understand I can help you. Or if I can't help you specifically, I know who to tell you to go see and how to go through this process. So that's kind of the first piece that I think of. And then also, obviously, as the platform grows, you know, write on it, talk on it, put those publications out there Absolutely. so they can live on. Because I think that that's so, so important as well, because not everyone's going to hear me speak. But if we start creating content around this idea that it's okay, like I've seen this, here's the stories I've lived, here's the things I've felt myself, here's my challenges, here's my struggles, here's how I've dealt with them and overcome them. I think that if it it touches one person, right? I always say this, my goal is to always do just reach one person when I speak, when I write, because I never know what that ripple effect is going to be from that one person.
0: Love the optimism, love the compassion attached to it. Big dinks coming from Robbie. Stay tuned, Mental Health World. But before he does all of that, we're going to ask him for his take on this week's Spotlight story. For those of you who are new to the show, I share the mental health related story of someone who is famous because I want to let you, the listeners, know you are not alone. I want you to understand that even though someone looks like they're healthy from the outside, they may not be on the inside too. I will now share the mental health-related article of Prince Harry. I found out that him and Oprah are coming out with a mental health documentary in May 2021, so stay tuned. Here is a quote that I found that may resonate with some of you. "I've I've spent most of my life saying I'm fine. I could safely say that losing my mom at the age of 12 and therefore shutting down all of my emotions for the last 20 years has had quite serious effects on not only my personal life, but also my work as well. I have probably been very close to a complete breakdown on numerous occasions. I will also include one quote describing his transition from living in the spotlight to his current home in Santa Barbara. Living here now, I can actually lift my head and I feel different. My shoulders have dropped, so has hers, and you can walk around feeling a little bit freer. I get to take Archie on the back of my bicycle. I guess this can also relate to many of us in a transition, how things can be so drastic. We're making that change that may seem hard at first, maybe the best thing, because that describes how light he was feeling. Robbie, what do you take away from Prince Harry's story?
1: The big takeaway for me is how oftentimes we try to bury something from long ago that continues to affect us. Mm-hmm. And that we need to realize it doesn't matter how long ago these events happened. You know, I'm, I'm 34 at this point. Let's say something happened to me when I was 12. It could still be affecting me today. Yeah. And I think we need to be open to that. It's not just like how was yesterday. It's how was 10 years ago. Did something happen that changed the trajectory of your life or that is still resonating with you? And once we start to embrace this idea, of, again, going back to the self-reflection, we start looking at it and say, oh, there's more to this. I need to work through it. And maybe I need to make a change. And sometimes changing physical space is important. And I'll give you a quick example. I had my my dog for for 10 years and she was with me in Dallas for 10 years. And I I recently had to to let her go because she was 15 years old. And it was just just that time. I said, I've got to move from Dallas because I associated Dallas with Roxy, my dog. And I said, I've got to get a different space because I'm always going to feel that, that pull Here And yes, there's tons of happy memories, but there's also that this was Roxy's city, not my city. And so sometimes we need to move on to create that physical separation.
0: Yes, I can agree 100%. Things that are challenging are just that because if things are easy, they're probably not worthwhile. You can't grow sometimes if you don't commit to some form of change. And with that, Robbie, I got to thank you so much for joining this platform. I can't thank you enough for also the such a unique perspective because of how many people it's going to relate. The reason why you became a lawyer, I can't thank you enough, as well as the two tangible tips you provided. I look forward to seeing all the work you do for mental health. Please keep in touch. And now it
1: is time for the
0: last word.
1: The big thing that I'll continue to to talk to people about is it is okay to not be okay. And the sooner that we realize that, the sooner we can deal with it to get to okay. And too many people try to just keep pushing forward, keep trying to essentially take your hand and chop down the tree. We think that, well, we've got this hand, I'm gonna chop down the tree. You need the right tool in order to push forward. And oftentimes that right tool is getting some help, talking to somebody who's a professional in this space who can guide you through that journey, because once you start taking that journey, you'll realize how much better things get, and you'll be thankful you started when you did. Well
0: said. Would you mind now, please, taking the time to share your professional social media website? Any ways for our listeners to reach out?
1: Absolutely. anybody can can find me on on Twitter at Robbie Crab. They can find me on Instagram at the Robbie Crab. You can also find me on LinkedIn at the Robbie Crab. You can email me Robbie at Robbie Crab dot com. And my personal website where I write is Robbie
0: Thank you for sharing all that. And Robbie, thank you again for a great episode. While you're on his social media, be sure to check us out too. We are at a mental health break on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And over on Twitter, we're at podcasts by Lancey. So you get updates from all of my shows. My handles are at Vincent A. Lancey on all social media and YouTube. And my website is Vincentalancy.com. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week on A Mental Health Break.